Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Previously on Chaotic Normal, the crew of the Sturge made their way further into the island in search of buried treasure at the behest of Captain Ascalar, accompanied by the first mate herself. Uh, following the clues on the map of the first mate, they made their way to a cliff with a rope puzzle of sorts. They crew deciphered the rope puzzle and made their way to the top of the cliff. It is there that the crew of the Sturge had a somewhat of an argument with the first mate. During this argument, the first mate was dispatched of uh, by the mutinying crew. Now the crew has to decide what to do with the map and where to dig and what other secrets lie beyond. As well as what will the crew do once they return to the Sturge, minus one first mate. But perhaps there is no treasure here. Perhaps there is nothing at all to be found. Let us find out on Chaotic Normal, The Shattered Isles. group of you uh, sit there like clearing away vines others digging beneath the hot tropical sun of the shattered isles um finnegan you notice kind of has started to walk off uh the old uh shifter monk honestly this doesn't feel inappropriate to you it doesn't feel out of character even uh he has a habit of kind of just walking where he pleases and disappearing and people just know he kind of comes and goes sort of like a seagull that might land on the ship while it's at sea you don't expect you don't expect that seagull to like oh you're bound to the ship but it might keep revisiting it's a it's a nice friend that you see sometimes that's sort of the perspective you likely have on finnegan so when the uh shifter monk uh, this expert topman uh starts walking off down the path uh letting out bird calls to the various uh, parrots around you kind of look at him oddly, but you don't you don't think to stop him. You know that if he when he gets back to the ship, no one's going to really question where he is. Even the fact that the first mate uh is dead, no one will probably ask him if the first mate's out there still. 
he'll probably be able to walk back to the ship and return to the crow's nest without really any issue. So uh, when you finally notice he's gone, that's okay with you. Um, and so uh, the, meanwhile, the rest of you, uh, Celeste and Jules working to clear vines and Zellner and Phil uh, working to dig the uh, uh, dig up the treasure and uh, Rubert actively uh, trying to frame the story and song of what you've done so far today. And actually, Rubert, I want to know, what are mm-hmm. you, uh, what are you <clears throat> framing the story as, your events today so far? Uh, <clears throat> well, we went our separate ways looking for the, the, the correct path. Uh, we could not... We'd find it, uh, two, of our, two of our groups anyway, until Zelnern and Celeste managed to find a underwater cave of sorts that led us up this winding path to some ropes. Uh, we were directed to some ropes and uh, climbed up there and uh, found these standing stones, and they were magnificent, until we were uh, beset by goblins and the first mate... Uh, dramatically and heroically stood in the way and protected her crew as she was beset by goblin uh, slings and arrows and unfortunately fell. It was a tragic tale, but she gave her life. So as you all uh, tend to your various tasks, you hear the song about uh, the the battle you apparently waged against <laughs> goblins, the, uh, the how the first mate died in that process and you're all kind of now aware of the story the shared lie you're gonna have to present back to captain lascalar of the sturge uh when you make it back um and as you clear that uh do any of you provide any comments or uh, thoughts on changes that need to be made to that story or are you all uh, comfortable what, what, what changes need to be made it's a perfect story there's no holes whatsoever <laughs> there's we finnegan even has a goblin arrowhead in her bag in his bag so i mean we have the proof the proof since the goblin arrowhead as they say would have anyone believe that she's that heroic and would say like... <laughs> that's true would anyone believe uh she made one of us first mate uh <laughs> she well of course she in her dying breath, she clutched at my neck and was like, you must carry on the first mate. Um, and I, uh, I, I will gladly carry that burden. It's a heavy burden, but uh, mm. it was thrust upon me. Oh, you'll need this. Uh, I think you'll need this then. I throw him the whip. That might be a little too conspicuous if you have the great story and you happen to become first mate. <laughs> Well, it's because I tell such great stories that she knew I would be the perfect candidate. One lie at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Slow and steady. Uh, so Zelnern makes these comments, uh, you know, giving you that final cap of uh, one lie at a time while uh, continuing to dig. Uh, at this point, uh, Celeste and Jules, you've pulled off enough of the vines that you can take a good look at the pillars. So recall, there are six pillars that were standing, but three of them have long since collapsed and been just like consumed by nature. Like you might see an outline of where they were, but you know, even if you did that, it's going to take like a day of clearing them to be able to get anything meaningful out of the glyphs on them. But these three standing stones that you've cleared, uh, you've managed to get some information out of them. And you see that they are depictions of like uh, scenes, perhaps. It's clearly telling a history or a story. 
although it's doing it without words. There's a bunch of writing that you don't know. Uh, you though you're both, I think, proficient in history, so you recognize this as a what's just called uh, old speak, I believe. Um, it's just the ancient tongue of what the uh, the uh, uh, ancient ones used to speak. Uh, ah. So as you look at it, you see it, but no one knows this language. Its written form is lost. Its uh, spoken version is just completely gone. Uh, so there's not really any... Uh, none of you are proficient in it. Uh, or aware of it, but you see around these sort of like hieroglyphic type uh, words or like sentences, there is a uh, like draw like drawings or carvings rather because this is stone, um, and those carvings seem to be telling a story. Uh, there, you of the six pillars, you seem to have the third, fourth, and fifth pillars. Uh, the third pillar. It shows a depiction of people suffering and in anguish, pleading with figures that are like powerful looking and high above them. And from their sort of decorative appearance, they look to be gods. So you have a first image is people suffering and pleading with God or with their gods uh, for aid for, to hurt their enemies. You're not sure, but suffering people pleading to God, uh, to their gods, plural. Uh, you then have pillar, er, the fourth pillar in this sequence of six, uh, in which you see a figure dressed differently than the people, providing food, weapons, uh, like that is just kind of being dispersed out. And he clearly seems to be saving these people who seem incredibly thankful uh, and like gracious as the this figure again, who's dressed differently than the people, but doesn't look to be one of the gods is uh providing them safe uh, like uh the chance like a, a second chance or providing them saving uh yeah that word uh and then the fifth pillar of this sequence of six shows the people turning their back on those gods worshiping this new figure as though they themselves are a god uh, and as you see that, so again, a sequence of people suffering uh, and pleading to the gods for help, and then people uh, being helped by a figure who is not one of the gods, and then the people turning their back on the gods and paying worship to this uh, figure, as if it is a new god or a new person being revered as though a god. Uh, what do you think of that, Jules and Celeste, as you see this story play out? This looks like the Everstorm, but I could be wrong. I don't know much about that. Uh, is that a local legend? The Everstorm? Uh, well, you know of the what? Everstorm. <laughs> what? Uh, what you're aware of the Everstorm is that it was the great storm that ravaged the land for hundreds of years and physically broke the islands, giving them the title The Shattered Isles. Uh, and it was a terrible storm, not just of wind and rain, but of geography and uh, destruction. Well, many of my uh, memories have been, I didn't realize how badly they were corrupted. Does it look uh, like there's a, must... oh, what was that, Celeste? It must be so nice to never have impending doom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, does it look like there's a significant chunk of text 
I, I know comprehend languages and oh if there was a if there was a good bit of text it might be worth me trying to listen to the spirits of the dead yeah uh it, so there is a good amount of text likely it's describing what's actually going on okay i think uh jules will walk up to the to the parts that says i have to touch the surface where the words are written and i imagine that as i kind of run my hands along it i start hearing whispers kind of 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 ancient uh, maybe cool. maybe the spirits of ancient people kind of whispering the words into my mind that's so cool i think this is a ritual or a spell uh, I don't think I can do it as a ritual, so this would be a spell. Warlock, right. Uh, so you cast Comprehend Languages, and as you feel these whispers and hear them, uh, the spirits of the dead speak out to you about these three stones, and you quickly begin to understand the hieroglyphics, not in a way that you're able to now translate the hieroglyphics going on, but as you look at it, you, you seem to know what it means in this context. Uh, the first pillar that shows people suffering and in an anguish, pleading with the gods, the text reveals uh, just that. Apparently, the, uh, the Grey Ash tribe, which was the tribe that's depicted in that image, uh, was uh, left to suffer by their gods from horrible uh, drought and raids by the peoples of the water. Um, and yet the gods did nothing to aid. You then look at the second image, this fourth pillar that showed a figure dressed differently than the people provide, uh, the a figure dressed differently than the who apparently is the Grey Ash tribe, uh, and uh, who that's actually providing food and weapons to the Grey Ash tribe. Uh, it then says, uh, "The Golden One came from places or from the greater islands. He gifted us weapons of purest steel." pulled from meteorites and gave us food that lasted for an eternity. It then goes on to say uh, um, in that final pillar, the one about people turning their backs on the gods, worshipping this new figure, uh, you see that the Grey Ash, uh, it says the Grey Ash tribe abandoned their gods who abandoned them and turned to the Golden One as their true savior. Um, and you can tell that the the way that it says golden one, it's not clear if that's referring to a plural group called the golden one or a single per entity called the golden one. There's some uh, unassuredness in that comprehend languages. Okay. Actually, comprehend language gives you perfect understanding. You understand that while it's saying the equivalent of golden one, it's referring to a group or organization who are the golden one. To the golden one so, who brought uh, you them. Share that information with the group. Wow, that's yeah, not so. the seems to be, uh, the golden one brought them. <laughs> yeah, not it the would not seem so. Uh, people suffering in an anguish, left behind by their gods, and the golden one came, or and left suffering not just by storm, or not by storms, by drought and by attack by the people of the sea, uh, and that the Golden One came and brought from the inner islands, the greater islands, and gave, gave them weapons and gave them food 
uh, and it seemed to be some sort of enchanted food that could last forever, and weapons of purest steel from made from meteorites. So incredibly sophisticated uh, uh, weaponry and high-quality uh, food, likely enchanted in some way, that was great enough that it caused these people to kind of like a cargo cult uh, turn away from their gods and worship the golden one. Wow. Are there any more pillars that we see, or is, are these the only three? Uh, there are three pillars, uh, two that seem to be based on the order preceding the uh, three that you've read, and one that uh, looks like it came after the three, the three that you read. But they're like toppled and buried beneath dirt and mud, like hundreds of years of uh, overgrowth. I look at the pillars and I look at jewels and I go, so do you think there's magic here? Well, food that lasts for an eternity certainly seems like magic. I, I don't know if I've ever heard of weapons made of meteorites before, but those certainly sound like they'd be quite a treasure. You want to find out? Let's do it. What is that a threat? What? No. <laughs> How is that a threat? It sounded very threatening to me. <laughs> do you not want to know what the stars tell us? No, of course. Uh, no, of course. I want to hear. They tell no. us the best stories. <laughs> okay. It just I... sounds. Do you want to find out? It sounded like you had one of those weapons <laughs> and were about to stab him. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what it takes. <laughs> I hold out my arm, assuming you need some of my blood for uh, some kind of god ritual. Whoa, no, no, no. That's that's a little excessive. Um, I just pull out my deck, and I oh, sit down. Okay. <laughs> sit with me. <laughs> so does this story sound familiar to anyone else? This is not ringing a bell even for me. I'm aware of. Do you Would all Phil are have aware any... So, Phil, this sounds similar to stories you've heard scattered across the islands. No particular content to it. In fact, it's said that multiple places, like Cyclops Island and also... Uh, or is it like Cyclops Island seems to have this kind of story written? Uh, of course, not on these stones, or same kind of stones. but uh, And then several other smaller islands have this a similar tale of this of uh, a group of people uh, suffering or being abandoned in some way by their gods and being uh, saved by uh, a people that's far more advanced that came from the greater islands or the inner islands or the southern islands or the grand islands. The name changes constantly, but the story beats remain the same. A more advanced people uh, from within the isles uh, saving a less civilized, uh, less advanced people uh, when their gods would do nothing to save them, and then being worshipped in kind. Um, you and many other scholars, uh, not that you're a scholar, but you and many other people who have seen the islands are aware that, uh, associate these stories always with the ancient ones uh, who are uh, coming and uh, basically helping or saving and the uh, lesser tribes that scattered the islands. People okay. like uh, Celeste's people from ages past. I don't think I would necessarily like spout that out to everyone. If to me, it's possibly common knowledge. Maybe I'd say, oh, the, the golden one, that'd be a cool ship name. 
Hell of a lot better than the Sturge. <laughs> it's, uh, Soon enough, we'll be able to name our own ship. We will name it the Golden One. Does that not seem a little uh, blasphemous? No. That's, yeah, well, yeah, let's... I'd have to, but it's it let's was a joke. Workshop that one a little bit more. <laughs> Maybe we'll um, see where the story goes. Who knows what happened to these old ones? Ancient ones. Uh, um, at this so point, I... as you're talking. Oh, actually, you go ahead. Yeah, so I was laying out my Troka deck to right. cast uh, Detect Magic Ooh. to see if there's any stars that come out of the cards to find magic on the stones. Um, you. What does your reading reveal? Draw a card and tell me. I pulled a wizard. Oh my Ooh. goodness. Which is mystery and riddles or the unknown. So it could just be like the unknown of history or it could actually be like unknown magic. <laughs> well. To your, uh, or you can tell that uh, there is this place is steeped with mystery and unknown. I mean, I the, uh, the the riddle of what of the full story here. You're missing the first two chapters and the conclusion. You have you have the middle three, uh, so you're missing a good chunk of the story. That and why did? Uh, Captain Goldeer of the Nasher bury her treasure here. Uh, that's another mystery that this place is steeped with. How come no one else has tried to take it? Is yet another mystery that is steeped here. Uh, why were there goblin arrows in that bag? And why was there a crushed goblin underneath the rock? Is another mystery that this place begs to offer. Why did someone build trails to lead here shaped like a maze? Everything here is steeped in mystery. And yet your detect magic confirms none of that mystery is tied to the magic of the area, as there is no magic. You are magic free. We're good, everyone. There's no magic. And I don't know if that's the right word, but... As you confirm that, uh, Zell Nern, your shovel digs down and makes, instead of making the standard, like, sh sh noise as you dig sand out, makes a solid thunk. That's the noise I like to hear. Let's pull up the struggle. <laughs> I uh, get on my hands and knees and start uh, digging out around it. All right. And it's maybe like a yes, two yes, or three. dig there and dig there. It's a three foot deep uh, doing... pit. So, Rubert, you stand over and give no, a bonus. for you. So, Rubert, you take on the role of the, uh, the I guess, like, what the what the first mate would have done if she were alive to do this? Uh, pretend she's in charge and tell people to do the things they're already doing, like any good manager. Uh, yes, who's holding the whip now? Hmm? <laughs> that's true. You did take her whip. <laughs> God. Uh, so uh, as you uh, uh, work to quickly digging around, taking uh, like your hands to brush sand away, trying to get around to hands. Uh, Phil and uh, Zellner, and you've been working at this the longest, so I need you two to make a strength check to see if you can jerk this thing out of uh, the ground. Uh, oh, both of you uh... as basically uh, advantage. <laughs> With advantage? I'm sorry. Um, uh, both of you make it, like, both of you roll, oh. and then I'll take whoever rolled higher to oh, okay. advantage. 18. 18. Uh, so, Zellner, you're tired from how much you've been digging, but Phil was mostly just like watching and giving tips. Uh, so Phil gets down here for the good part at the end and uh, 
pulls with a lot more uh, energy. And together, the two of you raise the chest up out of the sand and put it down on the uh, ground next to it. The chest is not like a huge chest. It's maybe uh, a foot and a half across, uh, a foot deep, and about a foot and a half tall. It's got a rounded top that's banded with old rusted iron. It's got an old rusted iron lock on it, um, like a thick padlock binding it together. And uh, it's made of hardy planks of wood. It looks like it'd be tough to break, but nothing that someone proficient in lockpicks would have any trouble really working. In fact, the real issue might be the lock might be rusted clean through, uh, but the quality of lock seems low. It just might be broken. Um, but as soon as you hoist this out and the two of you kind of still standing in that pit, you look at it and you can feel the weight. And as you move it, it kind of shuffles, suggesting there is a lot of loose things inside. What do the two of you think might be in this treasure that's loose and shuffling around? The balloons. <laughs> so it, it shuffles as we move, right? It's not like yeah. anything like trying to get out of it. No, it's like as you tilt it, it feels like the weight doesn't move all at once it like kind of slides or moves or topples around inside uh, zil nern believes doubloons fill this chest what about you phil um maybe some of that that meteorite ore or something from what they were talking about Ooh. uh and as you uh to kind of talk excitedly about you know yeah keeping it cool we're still excited about uh what wealth and treasure might rest within this case uh you two uh kind of crawl your way out and start to grab it and look at it to try and open it. Um, but before you can even do anything to open it, you hear a twang, and then suddenly, a and looking down at the uh, at the treasure chest, you see a shoddily built arrow protruding from the wood with brilliant colored parrot feathers used as fletching. A brief moment passes and another arrow zips overhead before you turn and look to see a goblin with a bow standing in the brush just at the edge of the jungle, just outside of the stones. He's eagerly grabbing at another arrow from the quiver on his back. This little wretched creature with his like uh, grayish green skin, his stooped posture. He stands no more than four feet tall. His arms are lanky, his legs scrawny. His body looks like it's meant to... It looks like it has no like fixed shoulder blades like a cat's and could squeeze through any gap. His teeth are rotten and his eyes full of malicious hatred as he goes to grab another arrow. But before you can even react to the sight of this creature... You see another pair of goblins stepping out from behind him. These goblins, unlike that one with the bow, they wield shields in one hand, rough wooden planks of things, and short spears in the other as they step forward. But these goblins are hidden, not not uh, pale, and their faces aren't uh, visible. Instead, their faces are cloaked beneath massive... Uh, masks, wooden masks, both of them depicting what looks like lobsters, horned lobsters as their masks as they step forward. You recognize these undoubtedly as Batiri goblins, the creatures that infest and plague the Shattered Isles, those first settlers who came back here as the Everstorm still raged and decided to pillage and destroy as much as they could find. Uh, they even took those masks, it's known, from the Ancient Ones and started copying them over. But now you have t three of these pillaging goblins have just stepped into this 
this stone ring as you pull the chest of treasure out. Two of them with spears and shields, one of them with a bow. All of you need to roll initiative before these goblins can kill you. Told you it was goblins that killed her. <laughs> Called it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Rubert, you are the first in initiative order. It's going to go Rubert, how- Goblin, Zelnern, Goblin, Celeste, Jules, Goblin, Phil. Uh, how close is the first goblin? Or so, the, the first, the there's a trio of goblins uh, just at the edge of this ring of uh, where the pillars were meant to be and just stepping out of the jungle. So, they're all like within 30 feet of you. They're all in, like, you could easily mm-hmm. rush towards one of them and put a stab in, in any of the three. Although, it looks like to reach the one with the bow, you'd have to run past those. Uh, with spears all right i'll just go up to one of them with the shield have at you you foul goblin Mm-mm-mm, and nice. i'll give him a st- give him a steady stab so you rush forward and stab into the goblin Ooh, for a crit oh my goodness that's certainly a stab Ooh. that's pretty cool that is cool holy shit two eights plus three uh so 19 damage Wait, are we a sweary podcast? I just heard a swear. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I did not know this was adults only. Okay, that changes yeah, much this of the is game getting design. The, this is getting the motherfucking explicit tag. <laughs> oh, no. Hide your fucking kids. Oh, no. <laughs> that sounds creepy. Yeah, I don't like that it got to the children. I don't like that you said it like that. <laughs> what, uh, can, we, can we edit that? We'll, we'll, can you do a click? Of that in post. I'm keeping uh, it in. Okay. <laughs> All right, so the uh, three goblins, uh, you rush forward, you critically, or you run forward, you repo- or uh, you thrust forward your rapier, or is it a cutlass? It's a rapier. You thr- thrust forward your rapier, and it stabs into the little goblin, despite his shield. You, uh, He makes no even effort to, sta- uh, to throw his hands up to block before you stab into him. And how much damage was that? Uh, 19. Wow, uh, the goblin is super dead. You like stab through the eye slot in the uh, mask the, through which the goblin sees this like lob- horned lobster mask. You stab into there and you withdraw it, and the goblin topples without a sound. The others though don't seem to care. Uh, Rubert, are you finished? Uh, with a flourish, uh, he lifts up his rapier and like flicks the blood off, and then I point to uh, I'm gonna say Zelnern and give him bardic inspiration. Zelnern, yeah. now is your chance to charge in and defeat these monstrous prey. <laughs> Before Zelnern can, though, the goblin, because uh, you just ran yourself up next to the two spear-wielding goblins, and with the bow goblin there, uh, he's sort of a few steps behind you, but he uh, not, uh, raises up his, arm, or his bow, drawing that arrow. He aims it towards you and looses it at such close range you try to dodge it, but it hits you for twenty-two to hit. The arrow oh, stab, the arrow stabs into you for four pierce, or sorry, five piercing damage, oh. thudding into your side uh, and protruding out. You grunt in terrible pain. Uh, the goblin then snickers and uh, laughs with pleasure at your suffering. These fiendish little creatures who delight in the agony of others. Zelnern, you've just been inspired by uh, Rubert. There are two goblins still standing, one with a bow not ten feet from uh, from Rubert, and then the other kind of standing guard against Rubert and uh, you uh, that's wielding a spear and shield. What do you do? I'll charge towards the nearest one. This right, is our treasure. 
So you rush across the uh, the open area here towards the edge of the jungle where the goblin with the spear and shield is looking like he's about to stab uh, Rubert to death. But then you crash down on top of him with your axe, right? I have a yeah, great axe. Uh, 13. Yeah, great axe hit. crashes onto the little goblin. Unfortunately for you, the goblin Hardy with can, his... I'll use uh, on that then. I, I think I oh, wait, actually. I think I got you're right okay. in there. You hit him. Oh, this goblin uh, does Please. not have leather armor, as the stat block would suggest. Nope, but he still has AC fourteen. Never mind. Uh, he kind he tries to dodge I, away. So you do the, miss. Well, no, it almost misses, but the bardic inspiration adds one to my hit there. Heck yeah! You uh, like the goblin tries to dodge, but you swung just right. You splinter down over his shield and chop into the goblin. Roll damage. Ah. Yes, protect your first mate. Eight damage. <sighs> wow. Uh, you, uh, The goblin's shield explodes in the splinter of driftwood that it is, and the goblin topples back sc- with a scream as he dies. Are you finished? Aha! Yeah, I'm done. Uh, so the Rubert and uh, Rubert and Zelnern, the two of you have kind of moved over to one side of the clearing, to the edge of the jungle, where now there's just the uh, one goblin with a bow sitting in the jungle, looking terrified at the fact that you just slaughtered these two without any question. However, uh, the rest of you, uh, Jules and Celeste and Phil, are kind of still at the center of the uh, Ring of Stones. And you turn to look to your left, while all this is going on on your right, you turn to look on your left as a pair of goblins comes charging out, roaring as they go. They come charging forward, spears in hand, running like no shields, just spears, masks depicting, uh, again, uh, like horned lobsters charging as they come towards you. They run at Phil and Jules and thrust their spears towards the two of you. Uh, Phil is uh, looking at a 20 to hit and uh, Jules is 13 to hit. Direct hit. Oh no, their spears plunge into the two of you. You both take, uh, it looks like, five piercing damage as these spears stab into you. You cry, oh. or it's like they kind of like hit you as a nick because that doesn't knock anyone out, right? No, no. All right, so you both like, you, it's non-fatal blow. It's not a real wound, but it costs a lot of your plot armor, so to speak. Uh, you kind of like <laughs> try to sidestep it. It cuts against you, and you worry uh, if you can hold up against these little raiders. Uh, what do you do, Celeste? I use Thorn Whip because I'm very angry to see them ask, so I get the one nearest to me, and I Thorn Whip it away. Alright, one of the spear-wielding goblins, so you, try you like to, grab yeah. one of the vines. So with, with magic, you like pull one of the vines that you already pulled off of the uh, stones, and you use that same vine to like whip one of these goblins, grabbing at him. Yeah, I got 20. The... Nice, you easily wrap around the little goblin. It screams out as you yank him. And two is what I rolled. Uh, the goblin is still in good health, but he is uh, significant, or he is wounded. As you yank him, he topples forward uh, near you, kind of has thrown off his uh, scheme. Uh, he's not adjacent to you, but uh, he's c- pulled closer to you and no longer next to Jules. Um, and then it's less if you're finished. Jules, Wait, what do you closer do? Closer to me? Yeah, uh, Thorn Whip pulls an enemy 10 feet towards you. Uh, I think I'm going to take, go ahead and. Um kind of angrily point at the one that just hacked me. Yeah, and, which uh, uh, which Celeste just yanked away from you. Yeah, and I'm going to uh, 
point at it and there's kind of a dull bell chime sound and cast spare the dying or uh, sorry no no not spare the dying all of the dead i'm gonna save this poor little goblin correct me if i'm wrong that's a wisdom saving throw right wisdom 13 yeah Yeah, okay i got an 11 because goblins are not wise creatures uh you draw him closer to the grave as you point at him drawing on that uh that dark pact that undying pact you made with the entity as you began to drown you let uh you call forth on that power and the goblin is dragged to the grave just as you were supposed to be roll damage (laughs) uh is this one damaged already by the thorn Uh, he is yes so d12 then that is a oh geez uh here one sec that's a 12 12 wow yeah wow. so that goblin takes the place that you were meant to fill and uh another and that soul is dragged to the grave in your stead uh and then uh as that goblin topples there is still the goblin with his spear and the goblin with his bow uh but to your shock yet another goblin steps on uh out of the jungle from the side that those two goblins with the spears just, just charge through. He steps out with a bow, aiming it forward towards Zell Nern, and the arrow looses for a 18 to hit, Zell Nern. Wow! Hit. Oof. Uh, you also suffer uh, five piercing damage. This arrow stabs into you. Um, so, to recap here, there's uh, you've killed three goblins so far, but there are still three goblins uh, who are in this clearing. Two of them with bows, one with a spear. Um, t- uh, there's one goblin with a bow on the right side of the clearing, like just in the barely in the jungles, and two goblins on the other side of the clearing. Uh, one of them in the jungle with a bow, the other right up next to Phil, stabbing him repeatedly with a spear. Uh, and with that, Phil, what do you do? I am going to cast a ray of frost from my arcane firearm at the one close to me. All right, and he is adjacent, so you're going to have disadvantage. With a spell, I would, too? Mm-hmm. Ranged attacks made while creatures are adjacent. Uh, uh, okay, can I grapple him instead? Yeah, uh, it's going to be a strength athletics contested by the goblins. Crit miss, so don't crit <laughs> miss and you grab hold of this goblin. Okay, I rolled a nine. All right, you reach your hand out and snatch up the little goblin. He's trying to stab you still at the spear, but you have grappled him entirely. Okay. Um, I think that's all I can do for now. All right, Rubert, you you are next, or you see that goblin with a bow maybe five, ten, or like ten feet away from you. A short step over and you could stab this goblin, but you look back to see Phil's just like Darth Vader style hoisted a goblin in the air. Uh, and then behind that goblin, maybe ten feet back, is a goblin with a bow. What do you do? Uh, Selner, you can you finish this one off here? I. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go help Phil. I dash uh, through the like jungle, and then while nice he, the one he's, <laughs> thank you. it's yeah, an audio video. <laughs> I also I tuck and I roll on the ground. <laughs> <Ten feet. laughs> I imagine you like jump and like uh, repel yourself off of one of the standing stones for a flourish. Uh, it's like two steps away. Yeah, I jump and kick off, kick off the stone, and then stab down into the one he's holding. <laughs> oh, nice! All right, so he's hoisted this one in the air, and then a sword penetrates it, or does it? Roll d twenty. <laughs> Uh, nine plus five. That's fourteen to hit. 
It uh, while the goblin is nimble, uh, he's not really able to dodge, and this one's not wearing a shield, so it stabs into him. That one's for eleven piercing damage. Oof! And that goblin dies as you thrust your blade in. Oh, to be the terror if uh, you all were to face people akin to yourself. These elevens that you're dealing as damage. Oof! Mm-hmm. Kill any one of you. <laughs> Uh, that goblin dies, and then are you finished, Rubert? No, as I'm crouched on the ground, I'll pull out a dagger from my bandolier and then throw it at the remaining one. Nice, the one with the bow that's just past you? Go ahead. That one is nine to hit? That is not a hit. The goblin dodges it, it thuds into a tree, and then if you're finished? Uh, yes. Zelnern, uh, the goblin with the bow that's maybe 10 feet away from you kind of looks at this scene and realizes he's lost. But uh, before he turns to flee in a go- proper goblin fashion, he shoots an arrow at you just to get one last chance at hurting you for 17 to hit. Direct hit. Oh, no. Unfortunately, you take another five piercing damage as the oh. arrow thuds into you. And that puts you at what? Two HP? Five. Five HP. Wow, you had 15 to start? Yeah. Oh my goodness, Barbarians, first level, OP. Uh, that goblin then turns in the trees and just rushes away, making a nimble escape, considering the uh, goblin can take the disengage or hide action as a bonus. He rushes off into the jungle and like disappears into the bushes. What's your passive perception, uh, Zelnern? 14. Uh, you can't see where the goblin went. He disappeared into the rushes. On the far side of the clearing, uh, Rubert, you've just stabbed this goblin that Phil is holding, uh, while Jules and Celeste just, like, grabbed that goblin forward and then destroyed it, uh, or, and dragged it to the grave. There's still the one remaining goblin with a bow who holds up his arrow, eyeing Phil and, uh, Rubert and Jules and Celeste, unsure of who to target as the DM. Uh, the goblin rolls... A dice, there we go. Okay, got a... Uh, he chooses to target Jules uh, and aims an arrow at Jules for... I roll a 10 plus 4, 14. Hit. Jules, the arrow strikes you in the gut. Five piercing damage. I am a zero. And then the goblin turns and escapes into the trees, attempting to hide as a nimble escape. Uh, does anyone have a passive perception of... Uh, sorry, Rubert, Phil, and Celeste, and Jules... Eh, Jules is unconscious. Uh, do any of the other three of you have a passive perception of 14 or greater? I do. No. Uh, Celeste, you see where the goblin's hiding in the bushes, but no one else do, does. Do I see it then, too? Uh, Zelnern, you're on the other side of the clearing, oh. so you're not re- you're aware of it, but you're kind of in a different fight. You could charge over to him, but he's maybe two moves away from you. Uh, and then Zelnern, speaking of you. Uh, so you don't know where this first goblin went to in the trees. You could use your action to search for him, but you actually are, yeah, aware of where the other goblin is, and you can move and dash and get next to that goblin. I will I will dash to the next one. All right, so you told uh, Rubert you would take that one, and then you turn and run against the other one. So, Rubert... Yes. <laughs> Rubert, you've just remembered Stabbis, and you hear a... Oh, 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 as this uh, turtle comes, uh, like... Do you waddle, or what's the turtle's movement style? It's waddle. I'm I'm watching my step. I don't want to like misstep in battle here. And yet I'm you don't have a precisely in time. Yeah, and it's like a it's like a, a fast precision though, because you don't have a reduced move speed at yes. all. Yeah. So it's like a he's every step he takes is precise, like a martial arts master, uh, and uh, or it's like a planned step. And maybe it's like your height is what makes it to where you're just as fast as everyone else, is even if you're walking slowly. 
I'm pretty stout for a turtle. Oh, that's true. You're slow, stout as well. Somehow you move equidistant to everyone else. Uh, you get past uh, Rubert, and then with a burst of turtle speed, uh, you manage to <laughs> you trudge off into the jungles, just shattering everything you touch. Uh, branches are torn, uh, like vines ripped away, and you find yourself next to the little goblin who is crouched in a hollow, quickly fitting a bow, an arrow to his bow. He looks up as the turtle is just dashed next to him. Uh, he is frightened. Uh, unless you have a bonus action you can do. I am not going to rage as a bonus action here, so um, all right. I am I'm all done. Uh, the goblin on the... Or that goblin... Oh, no, actually, it's Celeste's turn. Celeste, what do you do? I run up to Jules, and he fell unconscious. Um, and even though he can't hear me, I still start reminding him that this morning I saw that the beggar was rising and that there is a change of fortune coming and so i bring down the stars to cast bless on him or not bless um healing word as my bonus spell so Um, you're casting this spell by uh basically it's you reminding him that this isn't the moment that he dies yeah and so therefore and because you've seen his death apparently it's like necessarily on this one but so I like that. It's you're healing his plot armor, basically. Yeah, it's more like the, <laughs> so the stars happened. didn't say this would happen today, so good things are happening. So get back up. Okay, uh, and this was healing word. So go ahead and roll a d4 and add your uh, wisdom modifier. Okay. Look at you, Jules. You get a turn. Hey. My spell modifier is three, so five. Five. Jules, you get five HP. Uh, and uh, you wake up coughing on the ground as Celeste has walked over, cast you healing word as a this. bonus action. Uh, and Celeste, do you have anything you're trying to do with your action? Uh, if not, uh, Jules? Uh, are Celeste, they all... Celeste, did you have one more thing you wanted to do with your action? Because that was only a bonus action. That was my bonus action. <clears throat> um, and then the one, so I can see the one that's hiding in the bushes. Yeah, you could move towards the edge of the jungle and thorn whip him if you wanted to pull him into sight for everyone else. Yeah, I want to do. I would like to try to do that. All right, go ahead and do it. So uh, Zelnerns just run out, clearly revealing to everyone where he is, and uh, uh, Celeste steps out, grabbing at the vines and yanking uh, the goblin by the vines. Or does she? What was I your got attack four, Fourteen. Yeah, you yank the goblin forward away from Z- Zelnern, but out into the obvious for everyone. And I roll this. For damage. How much for damage? Six. Six. Wow. Uh, the goblin is incredibly wounded. He's at one HP. Jules, what do you do? You've just been uh, brought or reminded that this is not how you die. Uh, you can stand up and attack if you want. There's one goblin remaining, and he seems incredibly wounded. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, point at that goblin and uh, give him his final fairy to the afterlife. Uh, Jesus Christ! Oh my! This goblin got a six. That'll uh, that'll that'll bring him forward on his next journey, for sure. Uh, this goblin had one HP left, so uh, he collapses to the ground. Another soul added, or another life added to replace the one that you were given. Uh, and uh, as this goblin dies, um, no more goblins seem to jump out of the trees. Uh, in fact, you realize there is that other goblin still 
who's likely still skulking in the bushes, but he's noticed that five of his companions have died and not a one of you has died. So clearly he isn't capable of killing you unless he uh, does a very secretive ambush. Uh, so he is uh, no longer trying to fight you. Do you want to go out there and try to like hunt this goblin down or are you okay with this goblin escaping? He will tell his others. Yes, let, oh. him, let him tell the tale of the Sturge and its deadly crew. I think I just start bandaging up my uh, my body, <laughs> readjusting some of my bandage bandages to cover my new bleeding spots. All right. So, is that uh, you want to pursue this goblin, or do you let him flee? Let him go. Let him flee. I would let him flee too. I start dragging the chest to the cliffside. Zelnern, do you let the goblin flee? Let me think about it. I mean, I told <laughs> you to kill him, and I told <laughs> I told you to kill him in the first place, and you didn't do that. Okay, I why the, are you bossing everybody around? <laughs> I gave him one job, and he could not even Who do are that. You to give out the jobs, though, they are he missing the point of my question. Why don't you whip me? No, we're not I whipping not. anybody. <laughs> it wouldn't even work. Your shell is too hard. Why are you surprised the conversation? So, Lern, I, I didn't know you went that way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With the last of the goblins having escaped, uh, you actually each get the value of... 50 XP each. Um, and as you uh, kind of like feel a little bit more proficient and capable after killing those goblins, uh, the real value, though, it's not the goblins. Goblins are old hat. The real value is the treasure you've just unearthed. Though you don't know what's in it. You know that uh, such uh, virtues as finding treasure, treasure can't kill you. Treasure can be spent. And treasure gives you the uh, glory and fame that pirates all crave. Uh, once you get this back to the ship and like have it nice and secured, now that's where the real experience is to be had, so to speak. Uh, I'm saying you get XP from finding treasure. Uh, and uh, ah. <laughs> um, But those goblins dead and the one escaped, maybe to tell other goblins, maybe to uh, uh, wait and shoot arrows at you from hiding places, because he does have plus six to his stealth rolls. Uh, but maybe just to run away and hope he lives because you just killed five goblins with relative ease. Uh, with that, I'm wondering, what's everyone's condition like? How bloodied or wounded are you? I would like the bandage. I'm great. Yeah, thanks to uh, Celeste, I'm back up to five out of ten health. Yeah, Rubert's a four out of nine. Seven out of twelve. I can do a short rest. I'm five out of fifteen. Don't you want to, I mean, I could try and pop this puppy open before we get back, you know? Yes, let's see what we have uh, I like that idea. come across. Should see if it's down? is worth uh, pocketing before we show the captains the whole uh, chest, no? Yes, yeah. we have and no he's first mate to tell us otherwise. I will warn you that uh, you know that Captain Lascalar is an incredibly suspicious man. Uh, he, because he makes his living by stealing from his fellow thieves, uh, and re he does not believe in any sense of honor among thieves, he is like to uh, suspect you. And this isn't me saying don't do it. It's just uh, 
you've you've been working under him for a while, so you're aware he might uh not be happy if you were to steal sh- steal things. We from already, him. we already have to convince him that we didn't kill his first mate. Let's not also steal at the same Come on. time. I got my thieves tools right here. Well, yeah. For a penny and for a pound, huh? Yeah. Unless so you just flip one of those those cards on there, you got one that says opens I'm telling chests. you, beggar, everyone, yeah, a turn of fortune was what we were told today. But if you really want, we can we can look up more. And then I flip my card. And <laughs> yes, I draw just keep the... flipping until we, you, it's one we like. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's not how it works. I know you like to retell your stories. This isn't how it works. But speaking of, I drew the bishop, and that has to do with a strict adherence to a code or belief. So listen, if you're going to disrespect my code and my belief, then you go off and do be a first mate of one. You're not even a first mate. Uh, Phil thinks that that's, that makes him agree with Zellnern on this one. Now I don't want to open it. No, the omens are true. I, uh, yeah, that would be bad. Bad news, uh, owl bears. Bad news, owl bears. I love that. Uh, <laughs> we'll get so our moment. You, this isn't it. Do you want to pop it open? I mean, no. I want to, but <laughs> but it's not a good idea. Yeah, that might be. Yeah, you guys used to be cool. I would, I'm gonna have a tough enough time convincing him of the first mate's death. <laughs> I think if we keep it closed, it will be better for us in the long run. Yeah, just don't say you're... about the marathon. (laughs) Okay. Yes, that'll learn. Very good. How many other uh, mates are there aboard the ship? Uh, So there's a first mate, a second mate, who's like the midshipman captain, and then there's the quartermaster, the... uh, And like, we're talking about officers, there's the quartermaster, the cook, the... uh, Uh... else is there uh the captain obviously the bosun and there are two more whose names or whose positions i am blanking on but basically there's a second mate whose goal his job in the short run is to be midshipman but then if the uh first mate dies it's to fill the role of the first mate uh at least temporarily uh as a pirate ship this is not voted on or this isn't run though by strict adherence to uh what does like the government on high say in fact uh it's usually positions are voted on on most pirate ships because sailors want to be free okay Okay. so we've got a few people we'd have to fight with if we if we opened up the chest and it went sour yeah i'm just saying code y'all there's a pirate code I could probably open it and like relock it, but I won't, you know. That's just who I am. <laughs> You're very good, so- Phil. I like your style, Phil. Hey, where's Finnegan? Uh, let's just go. Finnegan, uh, you saw him leave a good while ago, but you but kind we of didn't assume... necessarily see him leave to the ship. We saw him just wander off. Yeah, but you know that sometimes Finnegan just stays around. I don't know. It said that the captain. Recall that it said that the captain of uh, the uh, of the Sturge didn't actually hire Finnegan. Just found him in the uh, in the Sturge's like uh, crow's nest one day, and uh, he was willing to work for for free, and uh, was willing to take his help. 
And everyone knows it is folly to cage a bird. <laughs> Never kill hey. a seabird. What's this? I pick up the backpack that he had on, had found. Hey, there's a note in here. It says, went to eat more crab meat. Okay. <laughs> I think we're good. I think we can head out. <laughs> yes, um, how do we get this down the cliff it, face? So do you intend to short rest first, or are you just going to uh, go for it? There's I'd rather go back. down the cliff before we short rest. That's Maybe. a good idea. Either way. So, uh, worth noting, this chest, uh, it's not like super lightweight. Uh, let me find out exactly how many pounds it weighs. You'd think the DM could come prepared to a session. Before you calculate it, I think I might just uh, feather fall all of us holding the chest if we're headed back to the boat. Uh, so the chest weighs a total of what is that? Uh, the chest weighs just over a hundred pounds. Bring okay. yeah, it's a uh, or actually less than ninety two pounds, ninety three pounds. I grab the goblin that killed the uh, first mate. Oh, very good, very good, Zell. Uh, so you grab the goblin, and you see that these goblins—they are wearing uh, like loin cloths and like tattered vestments that are clearly like. Uh, the clothing of sailors that came by here um, and got murdered by goblins at some point. Uh, we, and then uh... the only like the only items of like they they have like rope string belts that some of them have purses or like little satchels tied to, but uh, for the most part they don't seem to have anything of value. Even their arrows are low quality, and their spears look like they almost broke during the fight. Those masks might be of some value, just because some people pay bounties based on the masks. Uh, grab some of the masks. Grab some of those, yeah. I'll take some of the parrot feather arrows. I pull the one out of Jewel's chest and cast Mending on it. Yeah, you actually have to, because it... as you pull it out, it <laughs> breaks in two, because yeah. these are crappy quality arrows. And then I, I hand it uh, to them, and I'm like, Souvenir! <laughs> thanks I'll, I'll tuck the feather in my ear so who's going to carry this 92 pound chest it's sized such that one person could hoist it I will grab it so Zeltner and you like holster your axe and then hoist up this chest and like you're able to do it but it's not comfortable You know, it's not like oh yeah this is just a casual 100 pound uh, stone carry that's fine uh but the so the rest of you, Clarity, you're planning to go back to the boat before short resting. Yeah. All right. Um, so Phil leading the way, considering he has the map and can find the right path through the kind of maze-like structure of paths. Uh, you head your way off uh, away from the pillars uh, and where more goblins might return, and return back towards the cliff face. Now, once you reach the cliff face, you look out again across the beautiful island you're on, full of tropical jungle, and you look out to the uh, the like turquoise blue sea that surrounds you with the uh, sun shining down. Here and there, in the distance, you see another island, or like an outcropping of stone. You see seagulls flying, and you think in the distance that you might even see something larger flying. Uh... Who? What is everyone's passive perception? I ought to write that down. What is everyone's passive perception? Eleven. Oh God, it's the Nasher. It's coming. Phil's uh, is eleven. 
is 15. Celeste, what was yours? 15. Uh, Zelnerd? 14. All right. And uh, Rubert? 13. And uh, Jules? 10. So unfortunately, your best eyesight is uh, Finnegan, but he's already returned. Uh, so from here, as you look around at the uh, azure ocean around you that looks like a sapphire uh, before you, it is beautiful to behold. You see out uh, at anchor the Sturge sitting there, and it looks out of place. It looks like a uh, beggar in a palace. It looks like oh. a... Uh, it looks like a rat that's made its way into like a fine uh, china set. It is a uh, it is a filthy thing, uh, and it is covered in filthy people uh, that uh, move about its ship as tiny little specks. You actually looking at it can tell that it looks like the people are moving with a great hurry. Uh, it's hard to really make out any actual activity they're doing. You can just tell it's like looking at an anthill from a distance. They are abuzz with activity, um, which really only happens when the ship is ready to make move. Uh, but as you look out at the sea uh, and in the sky beyond, you spot a small dark shape on the horizon of the sky, something flying in the distance. Only Celeste has good enough uh, perception to notice this. Do you point it out to your people that you see a small dark shape flying in the sky in the distance? Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> Zelnern, how do you feel about her description of a small dark shape flying in the distance? Uh, how, it seems to be large. Uh, how is uh, I get in my? Sh I, I'm in the. Sh what is it? What is it? What is it? So Zelnerd, you withdraws fully into his shell, uh, dropping the chest as he does. It thuds um, hard into the sand, uh, and he withdraws fully. <laughs> oh no! Lands, no. Chest lands on my foot. What the? <laughs> I go over to oh, Zelnern and try to coax him back out of the shell. I try to crawl into his shell. I'll kill him. I can't stand. You're trying to crawl into his shell. This isn't how we die. <laughs> all right. So it sounds like you're all trying to coax uh, Zelnern out of his shell as you see this. So you can either do that by taking a good long perception check, looking at the, uh, thing to identify what it is to him uh, and if it's not a rock it might scare him less or you can attempt a uh, deception check to convince him that no there's nothing out there it's fine can i do oh. a perception check sure. i'll do i'll do a deception yeah i'll I do. try to I'll, I'll look at him and say don't worry about it. it's just crebanes from dunland i got 15 uh so uh, Celeste, unfortunately, you don't do any better than uh, your passive. Well, meanwhile, it sounds like Jules and Rubert wanted to uh, deceive uh, Zelnern into believing there's nothing to really worry about up there. It's like left. It's not a uh, thing. It's a, it's a non -threat. No, no, it looks like a bird. It looks like a rock out there. <laughs> so uh, Rubert or Jules, I'll let one of you make a deception uh, with advantage, whoever's higher. Okay. Um, I will do it. What's your deception? I, I got a plus three. I have a plus five. Okay. There's your liar, boy. Oh <laughs> uh, no, it's still known. It is simply just a puff of black clouds. Pay, mm, pay nope. no mind. Nope. I don't know about that. Uh, it is, well, yeah, 
Of course. Oh, wait. Oh, advantage. The guy, goodness, because I crit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then I crit. Okay, cool. <laughs> Pretty uh, sure that's a rock out there. <laughs> so there, you are confident or comforted in the belief that uh, it's just like a black cloud or something. It's not a rock. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, 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 It is perfectly fine. Please. Is it okay? Yes, just don't look up. Just keep your heads down and focused on that chest. Uh, don't trip, no? I'll focus <laughs> on the chest instead of the cloud. Is it the Everstorm? Is it part of the Everstorm? Mm, no, it's not the Everstorm. <laughs> I mean, hey, at least it's another Sorry, rock, huh? I'm, I'm I mean, escalated. it could still be a rock. <laughs> I think it's still a rock, guys. Uh, Why are we listening to Grubert still? You slowly withdraw from your shell as Celeste mutters some more nonsense. <laughs> uh, probably some card um, she read. And uh, as she I've mutters, been right so far. Um, you withdraw yourself from your shell. And getting back to your feet, you maybe start to grab the chest. But as you do, and mind you, you're still at the top of the cliff face and need to figure out your way down. You have a rope, so you can do that. Uh, you start hearing the ship's bell ringing. It is a panicked ringing, uh, oh, ringing no. that you all know means all hands on deck. It means everyone to your stations. It means raise anchor and shove off, drop all sail, we're going. Uh, and as soon as you hear that ringing, you know it means a problem. Something is happening, and Captain Lascalar is calling the uh, we need to get out of here immediately card. You Keep know that... Us? That Captain Lascalar is not so loyal to his scrub watch like yourself that he would wait for you. His first mate. His first mate, he ostensibly would be loyal enough to to wait for. Uh, however, you know, she's dead at the bottom of this cliff. Maybe he knows, maybe he doesn't. Uh, but you hear the bell ringing. This is a deserted island with nothing but Batiri goblins on it. If you are left here, you will likely starve to death and die. What Let's do you do? Go. Uh, I'll feather fall us. So all we right, can so get down here. That is a wonderful help because you don't all have to try and sprint, climb your way down a hill or a cliff face. So that's a you pro possibly just saved five d six damage to each of you. Uh, and uh, as you all jump off with uh, uh, Phil insisting that he can cast Featherfall, Phil as an artificer, uh, how is it that you cast Featherfall? What's the uh, oh, okay. tool or device? First, I'm like, Rubert, help me up. Fuck my foot. Oh. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Grab my arm. Oh, oh I grab his arm. Oh, you fucking dick. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> him. Because Zelnern dropped the chest on his foot. Yeah. Um, I pull one of those, uh, those arrows that I had found um, from the goblins, and I pluck one of the parrot feathers from it. And you guys are like watching confused as I put it in the front of my arcane firearm and I point it at Zelnern and I shoot it. What and then the a fuck? Ton of <laughs> and a ton of feathers fly out of it. <laughs> oh, I love that. All right, so the feathers fly out of it and as they uh, drift, you all feel a little more buoyant. Uh, Phil, do you jump first to prove that it's safe or do you insist Zelnern? Uh, <laughs> I, I limp off the edge. I've already got uh, it since uh, my foot's fucked up. Fall, so I'm, I'm comfortable. I'll yeah. go off right. the, with the treasure. 
the lot of you descend down, floating down it, not nearing to make the dexterity acrobatics check that might result in you plummeting to your doom. And instead, uh, you start drifting down. And as you uh, start rappelling down, hearing the bell still ringing, your eyes scan the horizon desperately. I need each of you to make another perception check as you look at the horizon, wondering, is it that black shape? Is it a dragon coming for the boat? Fire and ships mix so terribly that a dragon is certain death to a ship. Is it a rock come to rend it apart? Is it the Everstorm coming? What did you all get? 14 is probably the uh, pirates coming back. That 22. <laughs> uh, anyone get above a 22? Nope. No. Celeste calls out in the distance, sails on the horizon, black sails. And you have no doubt that such sails represent a pirate ship. Uh, Oh, no, not pirates. Wait, we're pirates. (laughs) (laughs) But you are pirates who are currently engaged in the robbing of another pirate who belongs to the guild of Trezzozile, or Treasure Island, a sacred combine in which pirates agree not to rob each other, but Captain Lascalar is a garbage man and uh, is willing to rob his fellow pirates. So, as you drift down through the jungles, uh, Celeste insisting on the horizon she saw black sails coming, uh, you realize the urgency. If that ship is coming, it means certainly to plunder you. You don't sail towards an uh, island-anchored ship unless you mean harm to that ship. You don't, especially if you are sailing black sails. Uh, Worse, you are in the possession of treasure belonging to Captain Goldeer, the half-dragon captain of the dreaded Nasher. Uh, You hit the forest or the jungle floor. What do you do? Uh, make haste. Let us get back to the rowboat. To the boat. Get... We want to sail towards the pirates? No. <laughs> you need to make a decision here. Is your goal to get back to the Sturge? Or uh, where this pirate ship is clearly bound? Or do you want to try and lay low on the island and abandon Captain Lascalar and the crew to their fate? We might be... get a ship. This could be the other... Um... Like the actual owner of the treasure, we may be able to make a deal with them to join their crew. That we were stealing their treasure. I think we get. <laughs> no, no, we need to go back to the Sturge. You go back to the Why? Sturge. Oh, Why? God, Sturge. Okay. okay. On the okay. Sturge, you're treated like crap. But if yeah. you bring this treasure back, maybe Lascalar will like you more and give you midship duty or gunnery deck duty. Unless he thinks we killed the first mate. We have a better chance on the Sturge than on the island. Could always uh, go to the Sturge and jump ship if it looks like it's not going well. Try jump to join ship up in the, the middle one. of the ocean? <laughs> Maybe not. I mean, he's about to abandon us. Why would we go back to him? We could just, if we get tied up in the dogfight, we could stow away. I don't know. Celeste, read the cards. What do the cards say? One more, really quick. We do not like, have time. I like that in a panic scenario, you're still like, you know, maybe Celeste knows the answer. <laughs> I, not caring about how urgent it is, flip over a card and see that a seer is upside down. And thinking about that, what that means in this situation... I understand that a future event and outcome of which will hinge on a clever mind say, we need to be clever. What's the clever way to go about this? 
You might be in trouble. <laughs> what would be clever is getting back to the Sturge and convincing him that we did not kill the first mate. Okay, he's literally <laughs> about to leave us. I don't think that's very clever. We, we that makes us stupid. As long as we start. No, what would be stupid is staying here and dying of I'm starvation. I'm not saying stay here. Or sail out to the dreaded black-sailed pirate ship, seeing, hey, we have your treasure. Can we join your crew? And <laughs> him killing us and throwing us overboard. Fine. You better so, not say your first mate, though. We seem to be in a power struggle situation here. We have Rubert trying to insist that, no, here is the call as first mate. I give oh. the orders. While you hear Celeste saying that the stars compel you another way, Zell Nern seems to be agreeing with Rubert. I'm uh, going and... to the surge. All right. Uh, Zell Nern takes charge and starts trudging pointedly <laughs> off in the direction down the jungle trail. That's a man who knows how to follow his first mate. <laughs> Leads the oh way. my god. <laughs> I limp after him. All I'll, right, uh, so as uh I'll hang back with Celeste and we'll we'll get our opportunity to uh take control here. Don't worry, Celeste. <laughs> I'm All like right. getting ready to thorn a bear and throw him into the woods. <laughs> so uh Zell Nern leads by example while uh Bear and Celeste lead by uh uh motivation and, and uh and uh, reason while Phil and uh, uh, Jules uh, ac- or use servant leadership to uh, make sure everyone's needs are met here and make sure basically everyone's uh, agreeing on an idea. And as you all demonstrate unique reasons why each of you should be captain or first mate or whatever role, uh, <laughs> it, the end result seems to be though everyone following uh, Rubert's idea and Zell Nern's. Uh, example of heading down the beach to return to the Sturge? Mm-hmm. All right. I have a question. Yes. Does Misty Step, am I able to grab somebody and do Misty Step, or does it only work? It's only yourself, and it only works for 30 feet. However, I will need a strength athletics check, because you realize the bell is ringing, and you know the anchor, the, the capstan's being spun, the anchor is being dragged. You have the fortune... It's fortune for you, but misfortune for the people of the Sturge. Then the time it took you to get up there, it is a uh, uh, low uh, tide, or the tide is lowered. So the Sturge is not necessarily bottomed, but they likely have to actually do some work with rowing to actually get out to a good distance, or maybe even worse, doing the thing where you have to like row the uh, the uh, anchor out a distance and then use the capstan to pull the ship back out to sea. Uh, but uh, the real effect is it means that they haven't been able to set sail without you. I need a strength athletics to see if you can get back before the ship sails. One you want. At least, at least half of you need to pass, and I'm calling for a DC 15. <laughs> I got a 5. Sorry, 10. Seven. DC 10. <laughs> Phil uh, fails. Give, Celeste I'm fails. I'm myself part of inspiration. Ooh, the story 16. will be good if no one's there to tell it. Uh, Jules, you got a 16? 19. 19 and Zelner and you got a 20 plus. Uh, so we got two successes, two fails. It all comes down to uh, to Rubert. 19. Heck yeah. You all rush Liar. down to the jungle path, making it through the bush, or making it through like, the bushes and trees, down into the uh, cliffside sea cave that leads down to where the tide is now completely low, revealing some specks of coral 
or there's a fish that somehow failed to get out of low tide flopping around. I guess that doesn't happen because fish understand tides, but that's happening anyways. Uh, and as Arf. you rush back towards the ship, you then move along the beach trying to get to the... Uh, trying to get to the rowboat as quick as you can. To your dismay, though, the low tide has left the rowboat uh, stranded on the beach. You all grab hold of it uh, along of like the ropes that Ryan its side, hoisting it up after first throwing the chest inside with a heavy thud. You look out to the sturge as you see the chain rattling, meaning that the anchor is being pulled. The black sails on the horizon are now clear to all. They're still a far distance away, but they are gaining speed. If that anchor doesn't get up, you won't be able to get speed in time, and the ship will be caught before they're really able to get any agility and will be drowned in the shallows here by the heavy cannon fire of the the, uh, Nasher. In fact, everyone go ahead and roll a uh, history check to see what you know about the Nasher. Sucks. A 16? 13. 16. Nine. So Jules and uh, and uh, Phil, you know the most about this ship. Uh, the Nasher is said to, uh, unlike the Sturge, which has a very light uh, gunnery deck, the Stur- or the Nasher boasts uh, 10 cannons total, uh, True delengerant gunpowder cannons featuring uh, eight-pound balls and uh, long, like basically long-range cannons that can tear through a ship. But the real proud point of this veritable warship that is the Nasher, not to mention, or is, and this is not accounting for its bestial crew made of minotaurs and orcs and other races that usually, or other species or lineages kin that aren't uh, usually welcome in most uh, civilized lands. The Nasher is so named for the great dragon-like uh, maw out front that is carved into the ship, where it's a. Uh, cannot remember the word for it but how a lot of ships have like mermaids on the front uh the whole front of the ship has been carved to look like crudely like a dragon's face and it's said that uh uh captain goldier has had uh gnomish artificers install a wondrous work of alchemical uh magic that causes the ship to blow fire like dragon's breath out the front against a ship in near range to it. An arcane fire thrower of alchemist's fire that can torch any ship that gets near it. Obviously, it's rarely used because that destroys any value you can get, but if she were mad enough, the half-dragon captain of the Nasher, Captain Goldeer, could torch the Sturge and everyone on board it. So this runs through your minds, uh, and maybe you share it, or do you keep that to yourself since it's not exciting news? <laughs> I, I, I share that. <laughs> Jules <laughs> shares it. Uh, Jules, now do you share it as like a, oh, this is a worrisome point, or are you just kind of like, here's some facts? I think I'm kind of excited about it. This is a pretty thrilling uh, foe to be up against. Yeah, uh, Captain Goldeer is a th- one of the more infamous pirates of the... Uh, Shattered Isles. She's no Skamos the Fire Sword, but she is one of the uh, famous pirate captains of the Tretzozil. Oh, my father was once actually captured by her once. Stop. 
there's a chance she's your mother. Uh, no, and... he, no, he won her heart over and <laughs> bedded her one night, and, and he escaped off the side of the boat, <laughs> taking some of her crew with him. We'll just have to let her know that you're on board with us, and I'm sure we'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, why don't you as the first mate go present yourself to them, see what they do. (laughs) This is the argument you have as you drag the boat down the beach uh, and then eventually pull it into the water with the waves fighting against you. You get it into the water, uh, like sea water filling your boots. You kind of uh, realize you're getting close to the coral line uh, and eventually you pile into the boat. The anchor is almost up. The sails are unfurling and being pulled. The sturge is about to sail or set sail, about to have the wind catch it. You need to move quick. Uh, I need a, uh, as everyone takes up oars, because there are multiple sets of oars here, uh, and there's a rudder. In fact, there is a small sail on this boat, you recall, uh, like a small mast and sail, but it has not currently been rigged. Uh, You need to get this boat to the uh, Sturge as quick as possible so they don't abandon you to the Nasher. Uh, how do you do that? You've got a unset up mast and sail. You've got three sets of oars. I have um, proficiency with water vehicles. Can I start working on the rigging to get the yeah. sail up? All right, so Phil, all right, so Phil I'll starts rigging it. Oars. And uh, while uh, Rubert help, assists Phil... Uh, and it sounds like Zelnern immediately sits down on the oars and starts pulling them. Does anyone join Zelnern on the oars? Yep, I'll start rowing. All right. Uh, Jules, grab some. Celeste, what about you? I'll try to help, but I'm more like, yeah, this is, let's do it. So are you casting guidance, or what does, no, how is that helping? Because <laughs> that sounds like you're just there. I'm just there. I think I'm mainly just there. All right, so no, actually, just there. I, uh, I can do guidance. Right? I have got Yeah, I have guidance. So trip, yes. I, yeah, I do. So I'll I'll cast guidance to them uh, since I just drew the rogue card. And I say, let's sneak on up. That's what they the, would start. Uh, rogue. The rogue card. Yeah. So All I right, use so- that to try to like guide everyone to like make our way back to the boat since I guess that's what we're doing. So Celeste uh, tells the future base of what's going to happen here by drawing the rogue card, casting guidance, uh, giving an improvement to one of your abilities. Uh, which, who are you helping, the rowers or the uh, people trying to set the mast up? The rowers. All right. Uh, so first, I need the people who are setting the mast up. It's going to be a DC 10 to get this rigged up quickly. It's going to be a, uh, I'm going to say, intelligence water vehicles. One of you to do it with advantage. Sounds yeah, like Phil. Yeah, yeah, Phil, do it with advantage. My int is negative. Uh, I got a crit miss and a sixteen. Okay. Oh, hey, uh, so <laughs> Phil was making a terrible mistake, and Rubert, you pointed it out. Oh. Uh, Phil, do you respond well to that? Uh, I'm like, oh, uh, hey, uh, I I screwed some up. Can you give me that whip really quick? Hand me that whip. Oh. The one we got. Yeah, I reach into the bag and I pass him some rope instead. (laughs) I've given up that whip. (laughs) It is enough to help, uh, but you don't get the hold of the whip. Uh, I, without looking at him, because I'm trying to fast hands it, I throw it over the side of the boat, thinking that he handed me the whip. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, uh, Rubert, remove your uh, coil of rope from your inventory. Uh, and uh, I'll give inspiration to you for that, Phil, because I loved that. Uh, and uh, you pull, or the two of you get the rigging going, uh, meaning the sails drop uh, soon after while the uh, while Jules and Zelnern are rowing. And I'm going to say the sails really boost the speed that they're doing. And I'm going to give them advantage on their strength water vehicles check uh so if you're not proficient in water vehicles this is just going to be straight strength however you're going to have advantage from uh what the rowboat did plus two i'm going to say because also jules is uh rowing um and then you have plus one d4 from uh celeste uh telling of the future uh yeah all right. and i'm just kind of talking on about how like we are drawing so many uh so many coins cards and the fact that like the rogue has to do with like the importance of like money and success that it's all kind of coming together and i'm like kind of hyping everybody up all right uh Buddy. so i assume Buddy. i assume Zander making this roll yep 18 so advantage oh wow so advantage straight oh, it's a strength check with advantage plus two plus one d4 and that's you got an 18 yeah because nice. i was looking water vehicles yeah that's fair. I was looking for a 15, so you got it. Uh, your boat, you pull hard against it. The sail catches, and the little skiff runs across the water, racing towards the sturge. You get to the edge of the boat, uh, this two-masted sailing ship, and uh, fortunately for you, the crew doesn't like ignore you. They throw ropes down to you as you hear the second mate oh shouting. You hear the second mate shouting, "Get the first mate up here now! We need her on deck quickly, quickly! Abandon the rest, just the first mate." Um, and as they shout this, you know it's very clear your place in life. Um, hmm. And uh, you grab at the uh, you know there's like rope netting along the side of the boat to help you climb it and you start grabbing at that uh, while ropes are lowered down for you to run them through the uh, I don't know the boats chest. what are those rings oh. called on a boat that the you run ropes through boat ring. Rope the wing. boat rings rope ah, that's what they're called in this world the boat rings uh, as you run through that to start getting it pulled and the block and tackle that you uh, left up top is supposed to be used here but the block and tackle is used to uh, pull the uh, boat up and uh, you all of course have to climb yourself rather than being hauled overboard and toppled uh, but you start climbing up grabbing the gear as you go until you pull yourselves onto deck the boat being hauled up by crewmen around you the boat is a lot like the midship where you've just landed is alive with uh, activity S pirates rush back and forth uh smelling of sweat and seawater and fear uh you see as the uh you see as the quartermaster is uh, currently uh, talking to uh, a group of sailors uh, and telling them to get below deck, and he hands them a key to the uh, armory to start grabbing weapons. Uh, you see that the captain is, at, is up on the uh, quarterdeck, and he's looking out back towards the, uh, uh, towards the oncoming ship. While, meanwhile, on the forecastle, a group of sailors are actively... Uh, working to get the large mangonel there like it's like a uh, catapult but slightly better but not quite a trebuchet you know it's not the best kind of siege weapon just a mangonel as they're getting that mangonel set up and rigged with one of the huge boulders that's kept below deck for its purposes uh they're trying to figure out how to work it uh you see also on the quarter deck a group of people are working the uh large ballista that's set there but of course 
the Sturge has no gun deck and it has no cannonry. It is meant to be a swift ship with that ram being its main weapon, that pierce-like ram up front. Uh, the sails drop and the ship lurches as it begins to pull forward, the anchor drawn up from the water, and the ship uh, has uh, really begun to pick up speed. Um, and just as you recover yourself uh, from there, uh, the quartermaster... Uh, so not the quartermaster, the, uh, before you have any chance to like really get on deck, the second mate, a young man, uh, who has the look of a noble who, uh, not quite bought his position here, but, uh, maybe earned it because of a favor that Lascalar owned to someone. Uh, this young man, Arthur steps forward and says, uh, Aaron looks at the four of you, five of you, uh, and immediately, uh, scoffs and he says, well, where's Estrid? Did she already head off? Come on. Uh, we must, have it. we oh, must speak oh. to the captain. It is urgent. He looks at you, his eyes squinting, and you see his hands reaching for the whip at his side, similar to but not the same as Estrid's. And he says, you're just scrub watch. You'll tell me when you, or I'll say when you gotta talk to the captain. Scrub watch like you don't. You're gonna be working and rowing here soon enough. Tell me now, where's Estrid? Well, you'll never believe this. <laughs> he looks at you as I squint. You calling me a disbeliever? <laughs> What's up, nerds? It's me, Ryan, who plays your favorite bard on Chaotic Normal, Rubeo Grace, and. Just wanted to give a uh, big thank you here at the end of the episode for all of you who are listening. It means a lot to me and um, wanted to once again plug our social media pages. We are on a Chaotic Norm Pod on Twitter. We have an email, chaoticnormalpod at gmail. Instagram, Chaotic Norm Pod. We also now have a TikTok page, a Facebook group. I'm sure I'm some, I'm forgetting some others, but yeah, those are the most important ones. Um, if you could rate and review on iTunes, that would be fantastic. And if you if you are going to share an episode with anyone, I would recommend this one. I think this one definitely my favorite so far. It gets kind of chaotic. Well, I mean, it's a little chaotic to title the podcast "Chaotic Normal," um, but. <laughs> Yeah, I want to give a big thank you to Brendan Walsh for the music, to Aaron McGraw for the art on the podcast page and our uh, Facebook banner. Uh, Both of those uh, are her doing. And a big thank you to everyone who's involved in the podcast, of course. Um, But, I mean, they already know that. They they don't need to be thanked. But, um, yeah, we'll be releasing our next episode next week, of course. So uh, tune in then to find out what other adventures the crew of the Sturge are getting up to. Um, and so until then, I'll uh, see ya. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.